Hello and welcome to the JV Squad Podcast. My name's Julian, otherwise it's known as J-Bear, and I'm here with Vinny the Nooch. Snoochie Poochie! <laughs> and uh, we are doing our first sports podcast. Of hopefully, maybe 36, before we sell out the Parks Little Sports. That is, that is the hope right now. You know, we're a little dream started in my mother's basement right now. Yeah, and it only gets worse from here. Yep, coming from the armpit of America, bit of New Jersey. See, he almost gave away our location, right. and the next thing you know, we would have had a SWAT team coming at our door, and that would have been hell. But we luckily, you know, preserved that, and we are here to talk sports. So, on as the ad- much as we know, you know, I, like I said, we're the JV squad, so we don't know much. Yep. When your starters get hurt, the JV squad is there to pick you up. And unfortunately, we have about 87,000 sports podcasts before us. So, you know, it's going to be some time before we pick anything up. Yep, we're not breaking any new ground here. Just a couple guys in a basement talking sports. So, realistically, every other sports podcast you probably are looking at. We've been beating the dead horse that's been dead for about 10,000 years. And with that, today on the agenda, we are going to be recapping the first round of the NHL playoffs, kind of previewing, obviously, right as we speak, the second round is currently going on, kind of giving some insight as to what we're expecting to see, and finally, looking to the NHL draft, kind of talking prospects and what we're expecting coming up. Yeah, maybe touch on the draft lottery. Absolutely. That just happened this past week. And uh, potentially even talking about uh, the future of Seattle and what they might do in their expansion draft. I just remember when we saw the uh, the first post, it was like, release the crack, and I was like, you know what? It's not too bad. I love that name. I I'll actually, be honest. Yeah. I love that name um, because it's out there. Uh, you know, you had your generic, like, their AHL team, which is going to play in uh, Palm Springs, California. And uh, their arena, weirdly named, is going to be called the Coachella Valley Arena. Now, can you can you get any more generic about California than that? That uh, that is true. I really I I this is the first I'm hearing about it. This is why you're the play by play guy. And supposedly, the front runner for the AHL team's name, which won't start I think until the 2022-23 season, is the Firebirds. That's a little generic, and I'm glad that the the parent club decided to go Kraken, which is out of kind of left field. I mean, a lot of their names, if you look up, you go back to when they were naming their franchise, a lot of those names were very, uh, there were some that were out there and some that weren't. Like, I know Totems was one, uh, I think Metropolitans was one, going back to the old uh, Seattle Metropolitans hockey team. Uh, at least I think that's the name. Um, they didn't go with Thunderbirds, which is the name of the WHL team that plays in Seattle, or at least the immediate Seattle area. Um, but, you know what, Kraken, when I saw Seattle Kraken, I was like, that has to be the name. And you know what, just like how when the Jets uh, came back to the NHL, there was no way in hell that... The Winnip- like the Winnipeg, the team that, or the people that bought that team originally, 
wanted that team to be like the Manitoba Blizzard or something like that, a Winnipeg Whiteout or something like that. But the fans were said, there is no way in hell this team is not going to be called the Jets. And the management was like, you know what? Let's just bite the bullet. We're not going to go back and look like the old Jets, but we are going to call ourselves the Winnipeg Jets. And that's exactly what they did. Even though Ely Kovalchuk, never playing a game for the Winnipeg Jets, is the franchise leader in points. It's it's funny how that works. And, yeah. and not to... You know, coming from New Jersey, it's kind of, it's kind of sad that one of our main sports teams or one of our sports teams, our called, only sports team. Yeah, realistically, if, if they were going to give up either football team, the Giants or the Jets, we would probably get the Jets, considering yeah. what New but Jersey then again, is. Yeah. We weren't going to get the only way we're going to get a football team is would probably be. I'll tell you right now, it's probably going to be a future topic uh, on this podcast. Is the only uh, is the. Um, the USFL. The yes, and New that's... Jersey Generals are most likely going to come back because that's the team that we had when that, you know, that's the our local team um, when that league first started. And it wasn't a New York team. It was a New Jersey team. And uh, most likely that's what's going to happen again. And with that being said, we're going, you know, talking about New, New Jersey teams. The only team that New Jersey has... Is the Devils. Yes. So to circle back around. (laughs) Yeah. Went off on a little bit of a tangent there. but Well, you know know what? This is our first podcast, and we're going to see what works. We're going to throw the the stuff. I can't say. I don't think I'm allowed to say what we're all thinking. But we're going to throw the stuff at the wall, see what sticks. Absolutely. So, um... We're like two monkeys in a room right now. Yes. We're going to throw our... Stuff at the wall and see what sticks. Yes. Just trying to you know keep it keep it clean for everyone. You know we we don't have any corporate sponsors right now. Not yet. Which, but which, I promise I promise you guys this that when the corporate daddies come, we will bend over. We want that bread. And going back to that, yes, I am very excited about the Kraken coming to the league. They joined the elusive club of teams that do not end in an S. Along with the Wild, the Lightning, the Avalanche, and I feel like there's one more that I'm There missing. is one in the NBA. Oh, it's no, I'm talking Heat. about just NHL. I think that's it for the NHL. Most oh. of them are in the NHL, surprisingly. Yeah, I, I feel um, like a lot of teams, you know, they the the just anything ending with an S, you can kind of... But I love Avalanche, I love the Lightning, I love the Wild. I, those names, they're just so... Honestly, different. a lot of them in the NHL are very unique, and I like them. And with that, those three teams, ironically, played in the first round of the NHL playoffs. Which segue. Yep, perfect segue for that. So with that being said, I which feel one, like so, like you, you know, uh, I don't mean to cut you off, but which series do you want to uh, talk about first? Oh, there's there are two series on my mind that I just one hits very close to and home, and one of them is not the one involving your favorite team. Yes, the. Uh, the St. Louis Blues, which... Let's be honest, there isn't really a, a, a lot to talk about that series. It was the Nathan McKinnon show. It was. It really was. It I, pretty much was an ad for him to win the heart. Most likely, he's going to win the heart. I don't think he won it last year. No, he's definitely he's definitely on, on pace. Um, considering the, the sweep that they had on the Blues, I, I just remember watching the games... 
and the Colorado sports commentator, don't remember his name, don't know off the top of my head, I just heard over and over again, it felt like it was like a nightmare, just Nathan McKinnon with the goal. And with that, I, I looked at the stats. He scored in that series, in a four-game series, he scored six goals. And he obviously was assisting on a couple others with Rantanen and with um, Landeskog. But he almost tied the amount of goals. The Blues, the St. Louis Blues, that series, only scored seven games. Meanwhile, McKinnon decides, you know what? I'm going to score just about as many and kind of just, you know, just skate up and down the ice. It, it, There was never a game where I was watching it where I was like, you know what? The Blues have a chance. I think there was the second game. They lost 6-3. to three. They were down 4-3. to three. And it just seemed like there was no answer for the Blues. They looked completely lost after that cup run where they won the Stanley Cup, which I I sat there and I was so happy about. I was like, this team's going to be back. COVID hits. They go into the bubble after being first in their division. I'm like, this is it. This is going to be the craziest. They're going to repeat. They're going to go on. Um, unfortunately, in that offseason, they lost a couple big pieces, including Jay Bowmeister, who retired, uh, Petrangelo. The, yeah, I would say that was the bigger one because yeah. he was the heart and soul of your team. He was your captain. Um, you know, and the thing with the bubble last year is that there was, I think it was like four months that was, you know, teams were off. So another team uh, that comes to mind was Boston. Boston played really, really well entering the, uh, you know, before the pause. Once the pause hits, they were not the same team. They made it to the second round, but it was the I from what I remember the lightning just destroyed them. It wasn't a close series at all. And Boston was not the same team coming out of the um uh the bubble. But then again, you look at the other side of the coin, you had teams like Dallas and the Islanders who played much better in the bubble than they did in the regular season. Absolutely. The Islanders played. They, I think they're one of the teams that even this year, looking at how they've been doing in the playoffs, they've they've made it. it, it it's almost like they are the, I would say, Cinderella story of last year's playoffs and this year's playoffs with the slight caveat that the Dallas Stars mm. with... I would disagree in saying they're the... Um, Cinderella in this year's playoffs because yeah. there is one team that everybody can scream Cinderella and I promise you we will talk about this team later um, and it's a team that honest to God are you, let's just talk about it. let's screw it. Montreal Montreal, oh, Montreal is the Cinderella, and you know what? We're going to have to talk about it, so let's just get it out of the way now. Oh, Montreal. Montreal. To quote a to quote a, a famous wrestler who did a promo in Montreal after the Montreal Screwdrop, he, they basically said to Toronto, not to, yes, Toronto, sorry. Yes, they... Bl- blanked for a second. When, they said, they who's your daddy, but they changed it from Montreal to Toronto. And that yeah. is quoting the famous Shawn Michaels wrestler, but yes. oh, that's I for another that. podcast. Um, but, like, honestly, Toronto, everybody picked Toronto to beat Montreal. Yes. 
a lot of the Canadian uh, commentators hyped up the Maple Leafs and said they can win the cup. They're going to win the cup. And that's They're, almost like the kiss of death when you hear that, it. Like, when you hear this team that has done so much, and, and you could even look back to the offseason when they added all these pieces, Jumbo Joe being added, you know, you have Wayne Spez, Simmons. Spezza also. Spezza. I think, no, Spezza, I think, has been there a couple of years. But Wayne Simmons uh, is a name. Um, um, Wayne Simmons is, you know, I feel like they brought him on just to fight everyone. He was there to protect uh, guys. That's what he did. He was definitely the enforcer. That's why he was brought in into New Jersey, to protect Jack Hughes. He played with Jack Hughes a lot in the rookie season. Um, you know, protecting Heischer, who he got blown over by Breeze. Who not, he's gotten no, better. He, he, he definitely. We could talk about the Devils. Nico is more than deserving of the C. Yep. Um, he played. This was his real like breakout season. This is coming from the Devils fan of the yes. two of us, which I agree with. Um, being from New Jersey, obviously following the Devils, I do, I do have some insight on that but i mean if you were to watch the hockey coverage here i'm surprised you actually know anything at all because i'm surprised anybody knows anything about the devils that are, or the islanders because james dolan is a he's he controls the sports media here yeah. um pretty much and it's all rangers and knicks because he has a part of cable vision and Cablevision, obviously, is the big cable guy, uh, the cable network over here, because it's a local thing. It's local to our area. It's not a national thing, so it, it's going to be a little better. I mean, I've had some problems with them over the past year that really started to sour, sour my taste on them. But, Karen Point, he, I feel like the Rangers get way more coverage than the Islanders. And the Islanders still get a little bit. I don't feel like they, like, I feel like the Islanders get more than the Devils, only because probably the Islanders are the better team. Had the Devils be the better team this year, I think maybe the Devils would get a little bit more than the Islanders. But the point is, what I'm trying to say is, as a Devils fan, I think we should move uh, the um, the TV rights to either. I always thought Sports New York, SNY, where the Mets are, because Mets are the only team there. Yeah, you they, get you get more coverage to multiple teams as um, opposed to jamming a bunch of teams. Yeah, and one. like the SNY, they do cover the Jets. Like they're the if the NFL wasn't nationally broadcasting every game, I feel like some of the games the Jets have would be on SNY. Yeah. That would feel like to me, and I would believe the Giants would be on MSG because of that. Um, they do cover the Giants a lot. They, I know they have a Giants show, and SNY has a Jets show. Yeah, and, but, and oh, sorry. Oh, yeah. What I what I was just gonna say is like, Mets only have one team, or or the, the SNY only has one team on their channel, and that's the Mets. Obviously, since it would you know it was created by the Mets, yeah. or at least you know so or funded by the Mets as well. MSG has six teams, I believe. No, no. They have five now. No, you no. They have six. They have the Rangers, Islanders, Devils. No, it is five. Rangers, Islanders, Devils, Knicks, and uh, the Red Bull. 
the Nooch having a senior moment over here. It's flip flopping. So it's because of the Liberty. <laughs> oh yeah. The Liberty used to be because they used to be owned by the MSG people. They played in MSG. They were on MSG. Um, you know, uh, I should say James Dolan. They were on MSG, but then within the last year or two, they were sold to the people that own um, the Barclay Center mm. with the Nets. So now they're on Yes Network. They and they develop more of a black and white look to you know fit in with the Nets, and they play at the Barclay Center now. So yeah, it's all about branding. I feel like it, it especially is. with that whole thing. The Devils just don't. I feel like although I feel like the Devils are the Islanders. If I was them. I would look into moving to Sports New York. Well, I would say that maybe part of the reason, I feel like you'll agree with me on this, is part of the reason the Devils kind of get the short end of the stick is because, well, you think about the history of the Rangers. You think about them being one of the original six teams. And obviously the Islanders being as successful as they have compared to the Devils, I feel like the Devils kind of are like the redheaded, you know, they're they're the younger brother. They're the... I mean, I think, it, I think it's just more of a... Um, uh, competition with they're fighting the powers themselves because the channel they're on is owned by the guy that owns your top rival team. Oh. Like James Dolan owns the Rangers, owns the Knicks, owns MSG, and owns the television channel MSG. And he has, uh, that family has a good amount of stake in Optima, like I said, or Cablevision, whatever the hell they call it now. They change it every couple of years. Um, so, but they own that. So he has, I feel, influence on how much advertising the other teams get. Like the Devils, they do put a good amount of advertising, uh, advertising in the um, billboards, and like radio. That's another thing that I want. I don't know what the hell they're doing with their radio. Like they have like maybe out of an eighty-two game schedule, they maybe like sixteen games are on WFN, FAN. Every other game is on like iHeart Radio, Devils Radio Network, some crap like that, and it's just like you're. You're minimalizing your exposure in the biggest market in the world. Well, I mean, they again. You hear New Jersey, they're gonna, they're gonna, you know, it's but, not as important as hearing New York. You'd be surprised to know how many Devils fans there are. Oh no, I, least, I, I, I don't. I, find what it. I mean is in this area. Oh yeah, yeah. I, like, I don't find it in crazy to think like that. It's especially with. I mean, if you look back within... I mean, I feel like a lot of younger fans that have become hockey fans have kind of oh, yeah. gravitated more towards the Devils. It's the older fans that you were Ranger fans growing I up. I mean, they didn't have the Devils growing they up didn't have the until Devils. 83. And when the... Hell, even when the Islanders... Like, it's the same thing with the Islanders, you know, on Long Island. You have Ranger fans growing up, and then out of nowhere... A, there is a team that is now closer to you, mm. and it, it's more your location's, you know, um, brand. What do you do? Do you continue to root for the team that you loved your whole life, or do you switch to the new team that's closer, that, it, uh, that, um, that, 
what's the word I'm looking they're for? They're more they're more attractive. They're more not attractive, but um, they embrace their your hometown. Like for example, you have Ranger fans growing up. In 1983 or in 1982, the New Jersey Devils come in. You're in New Jersey, and but you're a Ranger fan. So what do you do? Do you stay with the Rangers, or do you now root for the local New Jersey team? Well, you know how I feel, considering I, as you guys listen to this podcast, you're going to think that I'm insane with my differing sports teams, considering that I, I like a team from... It's it's best off that we just un, unravel that as we go. Yeah, well, you know what? Let's, let's put it out there, and you know what? Even though this is our first podcast, and we said we were going to talk about a specific topic... We're going to jump around, and you know what? This is the one... I'm going to bring it up, and I'm going to see your guys' opinion on this. Um, so, this guy over here, he's an Ohio State football fan, right? Oh, I'll, I'll, I'll tell everyone out there what... No, 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 no. <laughs> we're not, we're not going to tell bias. We're going to tell, you know, the straight. Oh, no, I was just going to say, say the straight. teams, but... You're an Ohio State football, football fan. Yes. Then in basketball... Men's basketball, because I don't even know if you like women's basketball. I follow it every now and then. <laughs> um, you're a Michigan State fan. Yes. Then in hockey, you're a Minnesota fan. That is right. Go Gophers. <laughs> Baseball, Indiana. Yep. Uh, and then, uh, are you fans in any other sports? Uh, that's, that's pretty much the gist of it. But I haven't point really is, followed. I... You have four different Big Ten schools that you're a... Uh, Air quote fan. Air whoa, quote. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's let's back up for a second. There's no air. Just because you here. buy a coffee mug with the Minnesota logo on it, it's not doesn't a make mug. you a fan. It's a, it's a cup. <laughs> but anyway, I I just like drinking from this one that says. The Go point Gophers. is, I'm sure a lot of people out there would agree with me, and I'm not sure how many people would agree with you. I feel I like I am a fan when it comes to college sports. You stick with one team. It's like high school. If we were a fan of our high school, and then you decided, well, for another sport, I'm going to like our rival, and then another sport, I'm going to like this school, it, it doesn't make sense. But this I is would, college. I, I would argue that if you're going to a high school, and you're going to that high school. I've never gone to any of these schools before. It's not like I went to Ohio State and I was like, you know what, I'm going to like Michigan for the Michigan State for this. Sorry, I'll pff, never like Michigan. Michigan State for basketball, Minnesota for hockey, Indiana for baseball. I feel I swear, like if you said Penn State for one of them, I Oh no, no. Oh my god, I would have laid you out. No Penn State. Well, yeah, considering you're a Rutgers fan. I I yes. I mean, Rutgers saying you're a Rutgers football, fan devalues Rutgers... everything you say. No, I'm uh, not an Alabama fan. Oh, oh. shots fired at shots insert name fired. here. Yeah, but. of a few potentially future guest of this podcast. Yes, I actually talked with him about um talking about baseball. That, that's for another day. But um, the point I'm just trying to make is that I feel if you're like college sports is different from professional sports to where you could like like. It's not like European sports. Like, if you look at European sports, there's a Barcelona soccer team. There's a Barcelona... And it's soccer. It's not football. We're in the United States. It is absolutely it's football. You play with your feet. But that's... 
it, I feel we're like in that's the United a debate States. for another time. We're in the United States. We're, if we're in Europe, okay, we're uh, we call it football. Right now. Yeah, oh, we are. <laughs> uh, and we're not finishing any of them. Nope. We're just hoping that the next sip gets us drunk. Yeah, well. Um, but, like I was saying, like, if you're, like, European sports, there is a Barcelona soccer team. There is a Barcelona basketball team. And when I say Barcelona, I mean like Barcelona FC, Barcelona. I think they're also called Barcelona. The basketball team is Barcelona FC, and there's a Real Madrid bar- basketball team, and, and um, like I know um, there's hockey, like in the Russian KHL. There's a team called Locomotive, that you know that had the uh, plane accident like ten years ago. There's a soccer team with the same name and logo. So, like, maybe European sports is a little different, but here in America, you know, we there's, you know, there's the Pittsburgh Pirates baseball team, there's the Steelers, Ugh. so, like, it's it's a little understandable for me to, like, to like different professional sports teams from different places, but, like, college, it's, I feel like you're more of a fan of the school than the team itself. Oh, absolutely not. Um, well... I'd like to say this for for my in my defense, and again, you guys can kind of leave your, I guess, thoughts yes. in the comments section. Um, I will figure it. Socials. However, you want to, yeah. So whatever. Um, I am a very eclectic sports fan. I like a lot of different teams. Um, to just go down the list, my professional teams are nowhere near each other. I, uh, I like the Blues for hockey, um, Steelers for football. Cincinnati Reds for baseball, and I'm forgetting the last sport, which is basketball, which is Oklahoma City Thunder, formerly the Seattle Supersonics. But I would like to argue that if anything, if you really want to say, it, I'll make a sort of, and we'll agree to disagree, but if it makes you feel any better, I'll just say I'm a Big Ten sports fan, minus Penn State, Michigan. That's a little better. Which, actually, it's not as nice a segue as I would have liked. But, one player... You got a sponsor? No, 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 no. Damn. No. We're, <laughs> no, no, one's, no one's sponsoring us quite yet. Um, which kind of leads me, not as a great segue, one player I always, I mean, just stood out in general on stature in the NHL is Zdeno Chara. He is respected. He is, and he's like seven foot on skates he is the reason why this segue is not as great but kind of works is that he went from being a longtime boston brune to the capitals who they actually play in the first round and then lost well yeah and that it's i felt so bad for him because the last time they won with him but the last time zidane char won a cup was in 2011 with the brunes i mean then again I mean, Boston was in the finals in 2013 as well, and then I think they made it. They didn't make it back until 2019. Yep, which they lost to <coughs> the St. Louis Blues, who finally but, got their first title after 50 plus years. But uh, what I was gonna say with um, what's his name, uh, Zdeno Chara, people forget. I'm not sure how many people actually remember this, but people forget he played for Ottawa before he played for um, uh, Boston. Oh yeah, no, and but I mean, you think Zdeno Chara? You're obviously thinking yeah, you're thinking of Bruins, yeah. which 
It's just the way that the Capitals lost to the Bruins in the first round this year. It was, it was, I just, I felt for him, not because I was like, I want him to get another championship, but it's almost like, it wasn't the worst um, split up between a player and a team. No, it wasn't. But you almost, even if you have a good split, you want to show your team that, not even that they made, they made a mistake. A wrong they made, they that, did make a mistake. And that's I, feel like, I don't feel like Boston made a mistake there. Because he didn't... He oh, no, I'm not saying they did, but I feel like as a player from a team, when you get traded to another team and you're able yeah, well, to yeah, play that team Yeah, well, yeah, you got something again, to prove. You, yeah, you want to prove something. And, and he's not he's not a young guy, It's not like obviously. It's not like Fleury, Marc-Andre yeah. Fleury, who I still say it, that was a huge mistake. Like, even... Like, even was he old, older, yeah, yeah, than Matt Murray, but... I mean, Matt Murray at least brought them a championship, though. You could also say Flurry brought them a championship. No, no, but I'm saying it's not like it's not like they got rid of Flurry and they fell off. It's not that they got rid of Flurry, or at least, you know, that playoff run. They, well, no, no, Matt Murray didn't win a championship without Flurry. Like, oh, but he was, he was, he based, they were, he, they were phasing he was the hotter, they were phasing Yeah, he was the hotter goalie at the time. They basically were like, okay, Matt Murray, this is your audition. If you if you play well and and we get there and it wasn't like it wasn't like Flurry was playing bad. No, no. it was it, it was, was like just... Murray was playing on another level though at that point. He it's like he caught he, was he playing, caught lightning in a bottle. I don't think he was playing that much better. I just think he was playing better than Flurry. Oh yeah, and you kind of go with the hot goalie at that point. Yeah, you go with the hot goalie. Um, that's what happened with. Not to not to. Put my own bias into this, but what happened with the St. Louis Blues? With Allen they and were, Benton, yeah. They were three years three years ago. They were at the end of the year, going into the new year. They were last place. This was the cup run. They were in last place. You had Al, Jake Allen starting. They it just seemed like they weren't putting it together. You put in this rookie, Jordan Bennington, um, and he catches lightning in a bottle. And a lot of people look at how he's played over the last two years before after the the covid pause yeah um they i mean i i personally as a blues fan look at it and i'm like did he deserve the contract he got the six years 36 million dollar contract i would say it's a nice sentiment i don't know if that much money should have gone towards goaltending i listen i like bennington i like i like how he is he has fire but there's a part of me where, as a goalie, you need to check your ego at the door. You need to you need to know that you're playing with a team. And I I just I'm not a big fan of the I'm gonna go out and try to like fight other people. You know I, I think it was Devin Dubnik this past year against the Wild I when they played the Wild. He he, he kind of bu- he, he bumped did, a couple people. He did against the Sharks too. He, he did against Dubnik the Avalanche in the playoffs in the first round. He did it with he, everyone. It seemed he, like uh, uh, I forgot. Uh, he Varlamov is that Varlamov is with the Islanders. Oh, then who's with? Oh, the Avalanche is Grubauer and Grubauer. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah Grubauer. He tried to fight Grubauer in the first round. Oh, I I I love I love. A fu- I like a, a guy who's gonna get mad when he's losing, but yeah. there's there's a goalie, line where it just seems be, like goalie needs to be a leader. Yeah, but I also feel like uh, I again. I could tell you this right now. Uh, like to me, the goalie position is probably the most important 
position in uh, in hockey because yeah. that's the end be all end all. But it's that's the last stop. It, that's it, your last. Oh God, I'm I got the hiccups. Now. <laughs> um, that's your last line of defense. That's why I valued Martin Bruner so much. Not because, just because you're a devil. It can't be because you're a devil. Not even that. No, like he was the reason a lot of the times that the Devils played better than what they were. Oh yeah, it like all, if you it all at, starts from the bat. Like one of the great things about goalies is that if they're good at playing the puck, yeah, they're essentially he's the reason why we have a trapezoid. Martin Oh yeah, absolutely. He Everybody, he, that, loved, he loved he loved exploring doing, the space. That was and that's another thing that made him so well is that he had such a good stick handling. Like he was such good, uh, such good. Yeah, my English. Um, he was good at he outlining was so the good. passes up to the forwards and getting he, the puck. He was up like the ice. a sixth he skater. Was, yeah, he was a sixth skater. I I completely agree. He I think he has three goals, including the playoff goal. Yeah. Uh, he or including the. Uh, yeah, the one the one playoff goal, I should say. Um, but he was also a leader. He was, like, the Devils, honestly, if it was more accepted that goalies could be captains, Martin Brodeur would have been a captain. Yeah, I never got that, like, why goalies can't be captains. Um, it's something to do with the 70s. It's, it's one of those unwritten rules. Like, with baseball, that's the one thing I hate about baseball is that there's so many stupid unwritten rules. Like, yeah. I will put it right now with Fernando Tatis and that guy from uh, the... I, I'm forgetting his name. But the guy from the White Sox uh, a couple weeks oh, ago uh, that hit the, the 3-0 Grand Slam. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know. I, I remember hearing about that. I'm like... I, I tell you right it. now, I don't... I'm not mad at... I applaud them. Yeah. They, like, to me... like. Baseball has this problem. One problem that I think is that when a team starts to pile on, the team that's losing starts to complain. Yeah. Like, oh, why are you why are you driving the score up? To me, and like especially with these three oh home runs, like if you don't want it to be a home run, like if you don't want that ball to be in, in the left field grandstand, don't pitch it directly down the middle. Well, yeah, and that's the thing. It's almost like at that point, just walk the guy instead of taking it. Because yeah. he knows either you're going to throw a ball, he's going to, if he checks the swing, he throws a ball, he's walking, you're going to have to throw it in the general, you know, in the, yeah. in the box. Like, even though, like, that was one of the rules. We Like, the strike zone, a, you're, you're, you're almost like, this ball is coming right down the middle, and you're, you're going for it no matter I what. I mean, as a baseball player growing up, one of the things you're taught is don't swing on a 3-0, but it's not like don't swing on a 3-0 to be respectful to your opponent. It's don't th- swing on a 3-0 because if they throw a ball, that's a walk. You just walk it, yeah. Yeah, you're like you have two strikes to play with. Like it's not like you never would think, oh, uh, like they don't teach you if it's you got a 3-0 count and you're crushing the other team. They don't say don't swing, like, uh, like to me, Tony, like uh, a lot of these, that that's one thing that's killing baseball. It's like if you see like there's a huge, not a huge decline, but a pretty significant decline in attendance, and that's why you see a lot of these teams are now filling or creating stadiums 
that uh, have an attendance level comparable to the soccer-specific stadiums mm. in the United States. Um, like, a lot of it is that there's so much still of the old-time baseball mentality that, like, if you look at baseball in Korea or in Japan, like, that's one thing I talk about when um, our fan, fan, uh, friend group talks about going to Japan one thing I always talk about is going to see a Japanese baseball game. Mm. And specifically, that's because Japanese baseball, presentation-wise, is so much better. Oh, than yeah, what definitely. MLB Shout out to Japanese play. baseball. They were one of the first sports that came back after the... They, it's not even just that. It's like... But I'm saying, in general, it, it got us out. It got us watching something other than you, reruns of games. Well, that was... First, it was Korean baseball. Oh, you, Korean baseball came back. Yeah. But still... Right around Korean, that area, yeah. It, like... Both Korean apologies and to Japan and Korea. The NPL and the um, is it NPL or MPB? I think it is. I think it's an MPB. Um, but the NPB and the uh, KBO, they have a presentation style, like they have the fans engaged. There's fans like they have cheering sections like how in uh, soccer, but they're very very respectful. Like, I was watching a video of um, a guy, an American. He either lives in Japan or went to Japan, and they went to go see a, a Japanese baseball game. And at the end of the game, from their respective sections, the two, like, fan bases were thanking each other and saying nice things to each other. No, you won't see that at a European no, soccer you'll, game. No, oh, you'll see the they'll exact tear the fa- They'll yeah. tear the stands down before you'll see they a, shake hands. You'll see a riot before you'll see, you know, uh, shake hands between the oh, players. Speaking of that, going to one of those games in um, England or something. But. but the point is, like, Japanese baseball, the fans are respectful towards each other, but they're very loud, boisterous. Yeah. They do chants. Similar to... European soccer, like during the uh, at bats, and then but even like they're very interactive, like the teams are very interactive. Like um, there's one where they like I think during the seventh inning stretch they do like a um the Tokyo Swallows, um that's the name of the baseball team, um so they have this. Thank you for the clarification. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's like Tokyo Vault Swallows. This. The second name is. Weird. Yeah, if you give your if you give people enough I time to think about a dirty thought. There's though. a there's a lot <laughs> there's a lot of sponsorship teams over there. Oh yeah. Um, but so the point is, they would do this thing with an umbrella, like a little umbrella dance, and it's just like raising a like a, it's and it's not even a big umbrella, it's like a little mini one, yeah. and they just go up and down, and they you know have a song that they cheer, and then there's one that I love, it's um I uh, one team that does it I know is the Hanshin Tigers. Um, there's other teams that do it. I think the Rakuten Golden Eagles also do it. But it's these balloon things that are, like, really long balloons. Like, you know, the ones that the clowns would, you know, shape into different, uh, things for kids. Sorry for all of our, our viewers that are afraid of clowns. But, yes, I'm, I'm well aware yes. of those. <laughs> but it'd be like a balloon, like, that kind of shape. No. But it would have, like, a thing on the end. Like a, uh, like a plastic, um... Like a, uh, not a stopper, but it would, so the point is, they would have these balloons and do like a little, like a dance like that as well. No. But then at the end of the song, they release them. And the balloon, sh- not shoot up in the air, 
but it would like fly up in the air and make a loud like screeching noise and just to see and like they would like go out within seconds so they come straight down so there's not that much of a so mess. they fill with heal they fill these with helium like i mean I'm that's the only way it's helium. floating up in the yeah, air yeah i'm guessing it's helium but like things like that is so cool and like another thing that um the actual like the baseball the on-field baseball does is that they allow bat flips and they allow like player personalities which is something that's very deeply missed in Major League Baseball. Well, specifically, the Yankees are very uh, old school with that. Which... I mean, the Yankees are changing. Like, I tell you right now, the Yankees of today are completely different than the Yankees of, like, 15 years ago. I just remember uh, one of our one of our friends who was a Mets fan, he would just talk about it. He's like, that's the, the only Yankees reason... aren't fun. They just, they all, they're all clean cut. They're all this. They're all that. They're very uptight. And I'm just like, I, I can appreciate that. I, I understand baseball is America's pastime. There there is, or at least back in the day there was a yeah. there was class. And I'm not saying there's not class now, but you kind of I feel like it's just the times that we live in. See the, you go away from like the yeah. uptight, the and and you kinda of embrace It's like you un like you understand what like what rules worked and what didn't. So um Let's talk about what we think might happen in the rest of the playoffs for the uh, for the National Hockey League. Um, so, as we record this podcast currently, Montreal leads two nothing over Winnipeg. No. Now, nobody expected Montreal to be here. Nobody expected Winnipeg to be here. Oh, uh, definitely the the Canadian division. I feel like looking back at the two teams that were upset. You have Connor McDavid, who it, I up- tell you right now, they didn't play like it was an upset. Oh, it absolutely it, it felt but like all of those commentators thought it was an upset. Yeah, I mean, if you think about the two teams from the Canadian division that had before the playoffs had a a shot at making the Stanley Cup Finals, I'm gonna say it was more Toronto in my opinion than Edmonton. Edmonton has consistently underperformed not that toronto hasn't but toronto made a lot of moves they added a lot of pieces which we referenced to earlier in this podcast that they made a lot of moves and you almost had this feeling like this was going to be the year they got over the hump. the best way i could put it is um for anybody that don't know uh of this youtube channel there's a guy named your name tree he is what he quotes as a um a crap talker, or a crap poster. Yeah. Flame baiter, as I like to say, as uh, reference to one of my old YouTube videos. Um, so, it was just basically a hot take. And the one thing he said about the Oilers, which I actually kind of agree with, is you somehow were able to take your top-heavy team and make it more top-heavy. They rely on Drysdale and Drysdale. Drysdale. Dry, Drysdale. Leon Drysdale. His name is German. I don't. I, even though I'm German, I don't know how to say that name. Yeah. But Leon, LD, they rely on him and on Connor McDavid so much that they're the only reason why the Oilers even made the playoffs. 
and I'll say this, it wasn't just the two-man team. Um, Mike Smith, who, by all accounts, had to be an amazing goalie, he did all he could. I feel like watching his games, he, I, I don't look at him, at least in this day and age, as one of the elite goalies, but he, he gave he, an admirable performance considering the defense that they... He, it, I honestly, not to the extent, but I know I'm bringing it back to the Devils, mm-hmm. but during the Devils, um, the, the immediate years after the finals, the final run from 20, uh, 2012, they picked up Corey Schneider. And it was 13-14, uh, 14-15, and then like 15-16. Corey Schneider was a top five goalie. If you look at his stats, he was, okay, maybe not top five, but definitely a top ten. Like, he was one of the best goalies in the league. I feel like he was overperforming for what... He was literally playing like a second coming of Marty Berdour. The thing it was, the team in front of him was atrocious. Mm -hmm. And, well, I mean, honestly, the defense wasn't that bad. It was that the offense could not score. Well, the Devils have never been known as a very offensive team, even going back to their cup days. It was bad for Devil standards. Yeah. They would lose games 2-1, 1-0, maybe 3-2. But they would lose games by such a low score. Yeah. And just, like, you would come out with games where they would only score one, maybe zero goals. It's like you're having... A goalie play is tremendous. And, like, the sad thing is that when they actually started to score, Corey got hurt. Yeah. Corey like, was battling a lot of injuries. These right? last three, four years when Corey's been hurt, imagine if you had a healthy Corey playing the way that he did the previous four years with the devil scoring ability now. Yeah. Now, obviously, the last two years they haven't had a defense like P.K. Subban is not the same defenseman that he was that he got that the current contract he's currently on he got when he was one of the best defensemen in the league well even I think at, the Devils were expecting him to turn the clock back to his days in Montreal not even in Nashville he was still a good player because Nashville he's like his last couple of years he he was Performing for where he was in the lineup, yeah. he was like maybe the third or fourth defenseman. Yeah, he was on the second pairing. He wasn't getting the top minutes that he was in Montreal. So the Devils were thinking, hey, well, you know what? If we give him the top minutes that um, we like, he's supposed to be getting, he could get back there. Yeah, not maybe exactly to where he was, but at least like he'd be something. But obviously that didn't happen. And then you have guys like Damien Stevenson, who would put the puck into his own net. I was there. It was against, ironically enough, the Toronto Maple Leafs. And um, it was an overtime game. And I, I forgot if the, I feel like that's a game that the Devils blew because they did a lot that uh, early stretch yeah, the Devils. of last year. So... It was 3-3 in overtime, and uh, I forget if it was Corey 
or if it was no, it was McKenzie. It was McKenzie who was in net, and the puck just I don't remember if he bounced off of him or he he passed it up, and just I don't know what the hell he was doing, but Severson got the puck and threw it on net, and it went through Blackwood, and obviously cost the game for the Devils in overtime. So, Severson, he has stretches where he's the devil's best defenseman, but then he's the worst. And then you have guys uh, like Andy Green was a very good defense. Like, he was our best defensive defenseman, yeah. but he's old. He's he- like 35, 36. I think he actually he's 38 now. But the thing is, like, he wasn't going to be there forever, and he's not, like... Uh, he doesn't have that pep in his step anymore. Well, yeah, you could even see it on the Islanders where he kind of... he He's not expected to do what he once he, did in, in New Jersey. Yeah, he's not... Obviously, it's not gonna, he's not going to turn the clock Like, he back. was the devil's best defenseman at one point. Yeah, and now on he the Islanders, the guy, he's second, third line. He's, yeah, he's second, third second. line. But the thing is, he's not... Like, he's expected to be a defenseman. Not a guy who's supposed to help start the offense from the blue line. Like yeah. a lot of these guys. Now, going back to my team, the Devils, we could see like Ty Smith is going to be a defenseman of the future. Yeah. Um, but the point being, Mike's, so we're going, let's try to get back on track. Mike Smith. <laughs> Mike Smith is. I was ready. I was ready to start talking about Islanders, considering the Islanders basically poached half of the. Yes, Devils. they did. Well, it's not that they poached them. I know. I'm getting. It's that Lou still loves his Devils players, even for the guys that didn't play under his wing, like Paul Mary. I think we got Paul Mary the year after he left. Yeah. So that was more of a just filling a top scoring need. But then the three other guys were all Lou moves. Like, they all became Devils under Lou. Andy Green, obviously, was an undrafted defenseman. Zajac was drafted. I think he was a, either a first or second round draft pick. And then you had Corey Schneider with that that trade for the ninth overall pick in 2013 in Prudential Center. Which, speaking of Zajac, I I wasn't I'm not aware if he's hurt or not. It, I mean he had, he's been he's been kept off, kept off the scoring. Sheet. I know he played um, game three. Yeah, he well Paul Mary, <laughs> Paul Mary has done a wonderful job at uh, appearing and going into hiding for several games, then coming um, back out. I mean, as far as Paul Mary is concerned, he's been I think. When they traded him during the regular season, he did not he did not um, produce as much as they expected when well, trading for him. Well, he, he, he came a, alive in the first round of the he playoffs. He came alive in the playoffs, yes. which is where exactly where he needed to come alive. Um, the it's thing what the Zajac, Islanders, I think, were expecting when they got him. I think they were expecting him to produce like he has in the playoffs to this point. Well, I mean, Paul, yeah, Paul Mary was the top scorer for the Devils. And, like, Zajac, he was getting more minutes with the Devils because he was a lot more valued, specifically because he was their best uh, face-off guy. Yeah. 
he was a very, very good face-off guy. He, well, I should say he is a very good face-off guy. But I feel like I'm looking at um, the people who have, and I, I, I liked Zajac when he was on the Devils. Um, he hasn't done much when he's been since he's been traded to the Islanders. Whether or not it's been injury or I just mean, not not producing, but Paul Mary, even... I think they brought Paul Mary in in the for the playoffs, but. Specifically, I feel like because Andres Lee, they kind of wanted to give a replacement for him. No, I don't say a replacement. I say like as a um, another option. Yeah. Because the thing with Zajac is, let's be honest, he was only thrown into the deal because Lou loves his former Devils. Yeah. And he loves Zajac. Obviously, it wasn't like rocket science because. Or uh, it wasn't just a Lou thing, because Zajac was beloved by Devils fans, including myself. Yeah. But he was just thrown in there, as um, like as a um, I guess to sweeten the pot. Yeah. I have a very strong belief. Now this is very superstition, or not superstition, but this is my opinion, not basing on anything, but I believe. Zajac will sign back with the Devils this free agency because he is an all and I, I honestly think it's going to be like a death deal but I think he lo- I think he was taken aback by the deal by the trade yeah and sometimes you're kind of hurt when you hear these things when, like when you're like oh I'm just guys. going to another team I'm like pretty much certain guys like Zajac definitely because, like when I when I say certain guys, I mean guys that were with organizations for an incredible amount of time. Yeah. Like, like a guy like Hall, who was the reason why the Devils made the playoffs a couple of years ago. And the only reason. Well, he I doesn't say the only reason, but I would say like he was seventy five percent. Well, I would even say like Hall. It's insane when you look at how he was with the Devils that one year he won. He won the MVP, MVP. He won the heart. Um, and then you see him go from the Devils to the Coyotes. And had the Devils been better, had I, I tell you this right now, had the Devils started off better last year, yeah, they would have made the playoffs. They definitely would have made the qualifying round. Hall had the Devils actually played, because they had a pretty good, t- on paper they had a a, a wild card team. I want to say they were a playoff team. Maybe, I always felt like, even entering that season, I felt like they were good enough to get the eighth seed. Well, you know, it's it's funny, and I like the segue, because specifically talking about Taylor Hall being on a team where you think they're going to make the playoffs, it seems like it's like... It's almost like if you're a Devils fan like you are, you're looking at this round of the playoffs, the second round, Boston versus the Islanders, and you're kind of looking at, it's like Palmieri and Hall. I'm not saying Zajac's not in there, but Zajac yeah. hasn't really done much. Because they loved each other. When you put Hall on a line like he's with with the Bruins, you can't match that in New Jersey. You couldn't match that in Arizona. Obviously, you couldn't match that with the Sabres. And it seems like Hall went to this team, and it's Hall's bounced back in a big way in this. Well, and you could even look at this series so far. He's he's been a contributor with Boston. See, the thing with with Hall was that 
at least with the doubles, was that he had stability and chemistry. You see, like, that during his time with the Devils, like, the other three lines would be changed up a lot. But that top line would always stay the same. Hall, Heischer, Palmieri. So he had that. With the other teams, yeah, you might have um, some better talent. I actually don't know what... Uh, the line he is on. I think he's with Krejci right now. He's He's been playing with Krejci most of the time that, on that line. That is not a bad line. Oh, no, it's not. And I, I completely agree with you on that whole um, thing. But the thing is, does he have that stability that he had with Hull? And he should, well, not stability, but chemistry, I should say. Um, like He had a chemistry with them that I'm not sure he had has had throughout the rest of his career. Well, and and even in this first round of the uh, the second round of the playoffs where it's Boston and Islanders, um, I feel like Hall's almost on this team just trying to get that cup. Realistically, he had the talent with Edmonton before he was traded. He had. I feel like this is the first legitimate shot he well, has around. Th- the time that he was traded by Edmonton, McDavid, uh, I think he and might that might have been his first season. Yeah, he might have just completed his first season. I don't think they had drafted Drysdale yet. Um, there was a lot of people on that team, and I'm not sure are still with the team. And it was a whole different management structure. So they did had a whole different um. Uh. uh Mindset. So I, I looked it up here. Hall's playing with Crutchy and Craig Smith, yeah. which is, I mean, Crutchy. Crutchy is um. I, mean, I would put uncomparable on skill. <coughs> Excuse me. I would put Crutchy on a similar level to Heisher, maybe even a little better, but I don't think Craig Smith would be. I would put higher than Paul Mary. I mean, but one of the good things about Hall being on this team and what you've seen in the second round, he doesn't have to do it all. He no, has yes. other competent forwards. That's, like, that's I think, sorry to cut you off, yeah. but like that's what I believe what made the Capitals f- from 2017-2018 their cup year. That's what made them, that's what always has made them deadly. I mean, hell, that's what makes the Lightning deadly now is that... You have the star players like Ovechkin and Stamkos. They don't have to do as much, even though they're always going to be um, the top point getter. Yeah. They well, except have... Stamkos, he can't stay healthy for some re- one reason. He or well, the thing with him is like he when he's healthy, he's a top tier player. Yeah. But when he gets hurt, he's like for some reason he gets seriously hurt. Yeah, and I just remember that whole cup run last year with the Lightning, Stamkos. Hey, basically. He, he, I think, he played in one game, I think, in the final. And I think it was the cup he winning got goal. His, he actually got his goal, too. He got the cup winning goal. Yeah, which it's like, you can't you can't ask for much more. Yeah. But as far as the Islanders and the Boston series. Which is, uh, sorry to cut you off, yeah, yeah. but it, it goes back to what we were saying. Like, that's what makes Edmonton not as good, is that Edmonton... They have to rely on Drysdale 
and on McDavid. Dry style. Dry style. I know, dry style. The point is, they have to rely on them for so much, which is what, in the end of the day, kills them. And and just even as we speak right now, it's two two. The Islanders got a big win last night um, on on June fifth, tying up the series after a four one win. And it just seemed like that game. I mean, it it's when you look at a team that's down two to one. Most of the time, obviously, I think it's it's goes without saying. Being up two to one, you have a better chance to win a series instead of being down two to one. Well, obviously, no duh, obviously. But I think this. Game, I mean, it's not as much as a three one, which for Toronto that doesn't matter. Oh yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> Toronto, well, you're a blow the lead no matter what. But I like the I like the Islanders with the amount of contributors. I feel like the the Bruins have. A few very good players that score goals and get assists. The Islanders I like a lot better because you have scoring happening from Brock Nelson, from Palmieri, from Barzell, from Sezikis, from Peugeot. It, it seems like they have a never-ending well of players that are going to get them points. And in Game 4, Palmieri, Barzell, Sezikis, Peugeot, they all got a goal. And it just seems like the Bruins have a very narrow um, base of people that they're going to get. But they're going to get their goals. They're going to get their points. See, the thing with the Bruins is the way they're built, right? Yeah. So you look at the two games that they won this this series. Mm -hmm. They won 2-1, game three, in overtime. And they won 5-2 in the first. They won 5-2 in the first game. And then let's go back to round one, right? They won 3-1, 4-1, 3-2, and 4-3. Oh, it's all close games, for the most One part. game, the other team has scored more than two goals. The Bruins are a team designed, from in my point of view, designed to where they only have to score three or four goals, and then their defense takes over. Well, it's also because Tuka Rask is... Tuka I, Rask, I would say he's not as good as he was in 2019 when they made it to the Stanley Cup Finals, but he he's, wasn't, he's no slouch between the pipes. He's not as... like. If I'm looking at, if I'm taking a look at all the goalies right now, that are that are still in the playoffs, still in the playoffs. Uh, I mean, I'm taking him over Varlamov. Oh yeah, um, absolutely. Uh, I'm taking him over. Uh, oh, who's who's in net for Carolina? Oh, you're talking about um on. I forgot how to say his name exactly. Hold on, I'm gonna look it up. Uh, Peter Maz- Marzik. Mrazik. Mrazik. They've been having yeah. I take him over him. Oh, absolutely. I'm not taking um, over Vasilevsky. I'm not taking Vasilevsky, uh, Flurry, and Grober. The three guys that are up for the uh, Vesna are the only ones I take over Rask. Like Rask is not bad. No. But he's not at the top form that he was during the early 2010s. I would even argue Hellbuck, but I feel like Hellbuck no. has an asterisk next to him because of... I'm not taking... Well, no, I, I'm going back to the whole competition of that division. Hellbuck looked great, but is it because the... Is it because they basically versed someone... They played Edmonton, yeah, really? Played Honestly, Edmonton, who, as long... The key to beating Edmonton is... Don't get beat by Drysdale. Drysdale, but yes. Close. <laughs> 
and don't get beat by McDavid. That's it. As yeah, other than that, you're control- not having many. Con- you're not yeah. having those contributions. And I feel like that's kind of if someone can neutralize the very few players on Boston, which I feel like the Islanders have the ability to do. I could see the Islanders upsetting Boston in this round overall. I, I'm going to I'm going to go out on a limb here. I'm going to say the Islanders win the next two games and advance in six. I agree. I can agree to that. But I'm not going to call it an upset. Honestly, going into the playoffs, even though Pittsburgh was the number one team, even though Washington and Boston are maybe more complete teams, you yeah. could say. Honestly, when the island, when if you look at all four of those teams, I'd argue the, East, the Islanders are more complete team than Boston. Boston has more talent, though. If you look at to me, honestly, yeah. if you look at all four of the teams that came out of the East, honestly, to me, the top team when they play, when all four of their teams play at their top level, the best team is the Islanders. The Islanders were the best team until they fell off a cliff. There was two Islander teams we saw this year. The one that was not good, the one that we saw game one of the series versus Boston, and then the one we saw last night. It's almost like they're they're more of a Jekyll and Hyde team. Yes. You they either are. get a, a really complete game from them, or you get a game where you're looking at them and scratching your head saying, How did they make the playoffs? Yes. And I feel like the Islanders have the ability, especially with just how they've been playing. It, it, momentum momentum can swing a team to either become a championship contender or, like in Toronto yeah. or Edmonton's case, to completely just collapse. Collapse, yeah. And I, I just feel like, I, I think if I had to go on a limb, Islanders are going to win in six, but I feel like, and this goes into the next round, which actually, I'll get back to my predictions on that one. Carolina and Tampa Bay, where I feel, I expected Carolina, and I think you'll agree with me on this one as far as an upside, I expected Carolina coming into this series was going to get Tampa. I feel like Tampa stacked offensively. Like, they are stacked. And I think the one tip for me the one thing that was going to tip the scales in in favor of Carolina is the hangover of the championship. Well, win. for me, was it was more or less which Vishnevsky you're gonna get. That Vitaly Vishnevsky is the catalyst because you could have a high scoring team, yeah. But if you let in more goals, it, you know it's not gonna work. Sorry, just to confirm, Vasilevsky in in goal. Vitaly. Andre Vasilevsky. V88. Oh, you're. I thought you were talking about the goalie. Yeah, I am. I'm confused right now. His, his, his number is 88. Andre Vasilevsky? No, it's Vitaly Vishnevsky. Vitaly Vishnevsky. The goalie? Yeah. I know his first name is Vitaly. Um, Wait, what? Andre Vasilevsky. Did I just have a Bernstein moment? You did. You definitely did. 
I swear to God. I, I got was, really confused for a second. I'm like, who I are honestly, you talking about? For the longest, for years, I thought his first name was Vitelli. It's Andre Vasilevsky. So anyway, with that being said, I just to confirm. the hell I was thinking of. <laughs> the point is. Question. But I feel like I had I had Carolina winning this series in five. I, I had Tampa Bay because, honestly, I think Tampa Bay got off to a rough start, which cost them. Well, I I think that it's almost sad because as as a fan of any sport, as much fun as it is to see a team dominate year in, year out. No, that's not... That the only... Well, it's good for the sport when you get these these dynasties. It's good when it's, but it's only good for the fan base. It is. It is, but that that can also, but it adds something to the narrative of hockey. Because hockey, I feel like you see a lot more of teams repeating than in other sports. Well, I, I would say you would see a lot more teams that have continued success. Yes. In not exactly championships, because hockey, I would say. I'd go on record on saying this is that the Stanley Cup is the hardest trophy. Out oh, of it absolutely is. But I feel like when you've built a championship team, your You're window gonna... stays open longer than in other sports, and you usually are more successful than other sports as far as defending your championship. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard to get there, but once you get to the summit of that mountain, I feel like the success is more more sustained than in other sports. But then, I mean, that's why I would say then you're going to have a team like a um, Nashville Predators or San Jose Sharks where you could see them as regular season champions. And for so long, they were the best team in the West as in the regular season. Yeah. Once the playoffs come, it's a completely different get a, animal. Yeah, they might get an easy first round opponent. But that'd be it, and and I feel like in that in saying that that's kind of how I think I was, kind of thinking like that with how Carolina was and how they were playing. That's how New Jersey was during most of the well the second half of the two thousands. Yeah. Like we had we started off the two thousand decade, three, of the first four seasons in the Stanley Cup final, with two championships. No. Yeah. Post lockout, we never made it past the second round. Since the lockout, and then when I say the lockout, I mean the full season lockout, yeah. not the the half season one from twenty thirteen. I mean no, the full one. season one. Yeah. Since then, we've only made it to the third round once, and that was in twenty twelve. And that was the year that. The last time we made it to the second round, we only made it to the second round once, since. Uh, since 06, 07. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I could go back and, you know, we could say, you know, I, I would think had the Devils been, had Lou not be, see, that's the one bad things about Lou is that he's cheap. Not, like, not cheap, cheap, but, like, he won't pay his players. No. Because you look at how many Devils left the team, especially from those championship years. Had would be had we be able to keep Scott Gomez, he never would have fell off like he did. No. We would have been able to keep Rafalski. The biggest one I think we let go was Scott Nademeyer, a Hall of Famer. No. Had he been able to stay with New Jersey, not only do I think 
the Devils would have had been a better team. Not only that, I Anaheim wouldn't have been as good. They definitely wouldn't have won their first cup. Mm. I think the Devils would have gotten close to a cup at least because I remember 06 uh 0506 and 0607 Devils had a really good team. Yeah. It was just the first and like the first round they would they I remember both years they played the Rangers in the first and they swept them in that first year since post lockout. Then that second year in the first round uh they played the Lightning and I think they won Four to one or five to or four to two, which is actually how I was expecting this. That's why I was saying in five, I was expecting that same thing See, to happen. But the, this Lightning team is obviously built different than the Lightning the team. Light, the, yeah, oh yeah. Back then, honestly, the Lightning team was it was different because they were more, I would say, defensive. Yeah. This Lightning Lightning team is stacked offensively. So, I would say, Tampa Bay is going to win this series and I was going to say that from the start. Honestly, dude, it was a, from if you looked at the two brackets, honestly, I know I probably would have been going with the safe picks. But I honestly thought and I still think this as of right now, I think the Stanley Cup final is going to be Colorado and Tampa. Tampa, I should say. Yeah, I I just I as much as the as the Bruins have shown that they have the firepower, and they have Tuca, they're spotty. They are, and and that's and going back to like what I said with the Islanders, it's Jekyll and Hyde. It's what yeah. are you going to get on a on a night in night out basis? Carolina is the same thing that happened two years ago. They had they showed off a really good team mm-hmm. in the first round, and then although to be fair, Carolina did it uh, when they did it two years ago. In 2019, they fell off in that uh, second round, or the yeah. third round, I should say, against uh, the Bruins. This year, they're doing it in the second round. I don't expect them to come back from three one down. Oh no, no, no! I I could only imagine. I know that the obviously the numbers for coming back from a three one deficit are not good unless you it's, unless you're although, Toronto. It's <laughs> easier to do it in the first two rounds. Yeah. Because as far as I know of, there's only... Here's a trivia question for you. Who is the only team that I know of to have come back from a 3-1 deficit after, or from the third round or uh, from the conference final or the, uh, the Stanley Cup final? Why do I feel like it's going to be the Devils? Because you're right. Of course. 2000. <laughs> 2000, the Devils came, as far as I know of still, the only team to come back from a 3-1 deficit later than the conference finals. Okay. Well, yeah, I was going to say there was also, you know. Well, yeah. It's much easier to do it. I'm not saying it's easy, but it's much easier to do it in the first and second round than it is to do it in the third and fourth. So you're giving a little you're giving a little credit for Toronto blowing a three one lead in the first round. Well Toronto's <laughs> Toronto. Right? Yeah, Toronto They're it, always overhyped. It's like no a matter factory what. there. It is. So what I'm hearing from you is you're saying Islanders and Tampa are going to play in the East Cup in the That's Eastern what finals. I, I well. There are you no, are you willing to go no, out on a limb right now? The East admit, admit. final is Boston and Islanders. Oh, you're going. 
I you know what I mean the like the conference the one semifinal because they're calling it a semifinal this yeah year. I I don't like the fact it, throws, it, it, me it, off it throws me off too so the one semifinal I see Tampa Bay and the Islanders on the other side I which see which we will get to but let's discuss those two I see uh, Montreal and Colorado okay well yeah I agree with you with Colorado I felt like out of the series from the first and from the second round. This was going to be, in my opinion, the most competitive series from either the round. Whole, yeah, the whole... I honestly think... Well, I, Colorado... I could argue that this was the... This, on paper, and what I was expecting, was going to be the most back-and-forth series out of the entire playoffs. Yeah, I would agree with that, too. That Colorado and Vegas, because those are probably two of the best teams... Yeah, and I, I feel like it, it's it's on Vegas, and I blame Vegas entirely. I blame the coaching staff. I blame. Oh yeah, it's not that hard it's to blame. It's his fault. It is that yeah. they lost game one. I I'm not saying. Robin, oh, that, no, that that's a boneheaded move. Like, there's no reason why you take out. Like, I I feel like it was for a rest day. Oh no, it absolutely was because Flurry again. He's not a young guy anymore. You do wanna you do wanna give him some rest between games, and I feel yeah. like. I feel like it was, if you were going to give Flurry a rest day, I felt like game two was the day to do it. You want to set, game one, I feel like you never should rest your star. You want to set the tone from the off. Which is why I value Martin Bernard so much. Of course It's because <laughs> even when he was close to 40, yeah. he was still playing 70, 80 games a year. Yeah. Especially in the playoffs, too. He would play every single game in the playoffs. Yeah. He it, was a workhorse. And it, it honestly, like, that's why it was kind of a, like a last of a dying breed. Because he was the first goalie to really introduce the hybrid style. Because uh, it was either like a butterfly or uh, a stand-up goalie back then yeah. in the early 90s. More of a stand-ups. Yeah. But then he brought in that hybrid style. And now it's pretty much commonplace. In, in a hobby. Oh yeah, yeah, you see every no one no one plays the standard. So like so. even with Flurry, um, even though he, I I, I bet you he didn't ask for that rest day, mm. and he's he was probably pissed off that he got that rest day, and I would agree with him too, because and I mean obviously everybody agrees. There's no way in hell you should have rested him. No. He should have been playing. There's no doubt on everybody's mind. Flurry should have started that. Game. You know how the you know what the Golden Knights remind me of? It reminds me of, and it's not quite the same situation. When the when you had the original six, and then they added the six new teams, mm-hmm. and it's almost like I have feelings as a Blues fan. The deja vu of. The Vegas Knights coming in and having all the success that they've had in their first three years of play, doing so well, making it to the cup, and falling short every time. I feel like it's almost like with each year that passes, the Golden Knights, their window is closing as far as... Well, here's the difference between the Golden Knights, and the reason why I'm going to dispute that Okay, is because... The, the difference between the Golden Knights and the Blues when they first joined the league is that, one, 
the vo- the the Vegas Golden Knights are actually a good team. I mean, those expansion teams were horrible, and the only reason why the Blues made it to those three straight finals is because, is they, because played the uh, they were in a conference with other expansion teams. That's the single only reason. Well, I'm not. I, I but I am not saying that it's the same. I, I'm saying it it feels similar in the fact I that they come in as an expansion team and they have all this success, whether or not they're actually a good team or not. The Blues, I feel like it hurt more because they were running through the expansion league, and then once you get to the big boys who were in the original six... Well, it's six, not like they weren't playing the uh, the original six teams. Yeah. They were still playing the original six teams. They weren't having it's any just, success that they were against. It's just that the original six teams, when it came playoff time, had to play against each other until yeah. the final. Here... Which could actually... would Which could have in the past played Vegas, to their favor. If you, if you have a long drawn out series in that original six back then the blues could have easily not easily i'm not saying they would have won the series they could have picked up a game or two they got swept in the first i will tell you this right now vegas not i mean vegas Vegas, you're also working with a, a a team of not expansion players well the 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 thing with vegas compared to the blues right is that the Vegas, they were building their team. They built most of their team before the expansion draft because they were making deals with other teams. Oh, yeah, they came in ready. Need. They were ready to... They were picking guys like Marshall and England and a lot of top... A lot of their you top Mark players. Stone, you got Riley Smith. You got yeah. a lot of these players. You look at their yeah. first year... That first team, a lot of those players were acquired through trades. That was the ultimate Cinderella story. I feel like a lot of these guys but, that they were picking were third and fourth. So yeah, players. they were starting off as a really good team. Yeah. But what helped them and what pushed them over the hunch, or put them over the hill, whatever however you want to phrase it, what made them the team that they were was because of Flurry. Oh, absolutely, Flurry. Building around him was the best thing they could have done. Getting him in the expansion draft was their best thing because even when you look at his stats, his worst year with the Penguins, like as a starter, is better than what his first two years, like his first two years were worse, but he was having his worst season in a while with the Penguins right before the draft. Yeah. At least in the regular season. Oh yeah, that but was it right wasn't. Place, right time for the if you look at those stats, they're not bad. No, it's just his worst year with the Penguins, up to that. And a like, bad year, or with, at least a bad year for Flurry is a decent year for most other goalies in the league. I could say that for a certain quarterback, but. <laughs> but the, what I am saying, you what understand I'm what saying, I'm saying yeah. with that whole thing. But I feel like the Vegas he, Knights when they came into but the also, expansion. I, uh, uh, before you say that, I yeah. just want to say, if you look at his playoff stats from that same season, it's normal flurry. Yeah. He's like, because his uh, goals against that year in the regular season was like a three oh two, which is still not bad. No, it's not where you would like a top tier goalie to be, but it's still not bad. His goals against in the playoffs was like a top or, or like a two five something. Yeah, which is close to exceptionally two. amazing. 
his save percentage was like a nine zero something, which is you don't Usually want your the threshold is nine hundred. That's in the nine. bottom yeah. of where you want your starter to be. In the playoffs, he's at a nine two something. Yeah. The only reason why he was left unexposed. I'm not 100% sure Pittsburgh actually believed Vegas was going to take him. But they had Matt Murray, and they wanted to... They knew. They thought that that future was going to be Matt Murray. Yeah. They thought Matt Murray was going to... They could just put Matt Murray in, and he was going to play the exact same. Obviously, it hasn't worked out since he's in uh, Ottawa now. Yeah. But... Flurry, on the other hand, has still been having some of the best seasons of his career. And obviously, he's having probably the best season of his career currently because for the first time in his career, he is nominated for the Vesna. And the only thing that's not going to have Vegas win the Cup this year is that they're facing right now, currently, the best team in the league. Honestly... Yeah. Honestly, Colorado's the best team in the league. They have two MVP with along or similar to Edmonton, they have two MVP candidates in uh McKinnon and Langdiscog. Langdiscog is a night he he's he's more He's not the same player that he was a couple of years ago, but he's still playing at a top tier talent level. Like he's still a top fifteen, maybe even top ten player in the league. But McKinnon's playing even better. and But the thing is, uh, the Colorado Avalanche, if you look at their team from top to bottom compared to, like let's say, Edmonton, who both both teams have you know MVP candidates uh, in their top six, or I should say their top line. If you look at both teams top to bottom, Colorado is far better. Even they're, on they're paper, so much more complete. They, they're much more complete. They have a defense. They have a goalie. Yep. And I'm not saying like Mike like we said earlier, Mike Smith did what he can do with that team. Yeah. But Grubauer doesn't need to yeah, be that goalie. He that doesn't. Yeah, he doesn't to need to be the goalie that Mike Smith is expected to be. Yeah. And I mean, when you have Flurry, it's not even like the Knights are bad in front of him and Flurry's saving them. They just, I feel like part of what the Golden Knights, the the problem that they're having with getting over the hump, and it's not like, it's not for, I, I would say this, Vegas versus any other team except them and the Lightning, it's it's an easy series. They It's even yeah. outside of the second round, anyone in the first round even, I feel like the only two teams that will give them an actual series, like, take it to the distance is Colorado and the Lightning. And part of the issue is that Vegas has had so much, and this can this can be detrimental to winning a cup sometimes. You have so much success early on, and you don't get over that hump. It's almost like, what more can you do? That's what killed San Jose. Yeah. That's what's killed Nashville. Because it's like, what moves do you make when you're this close For, and you just can't get over yeah. the hump? For a while, that was the the problem with the Washington Capitals. Yeah, is that they had that they would have so much regular season success that they weren't yeah. able to get over that hump in the playoffs. Not they, to when, not to get off on a different sport, but it's almost like 
Peyton Manning early on in his career, he yeah. would have an amazing regular season yeah, yeah. and lose in the playoffs. And it's not like the Vegas Knights are having that level that was of, Kevin Durant. Of, of failure. But you yeah, could call the, there's definitely at least three or four players in each league, you could say it. Oh yeah, and and definitely with the teams too, like um, in like you could say in basketball, um, just sometimes you get you, hell, you get put on these teams. Team. I mean, West maybe the Clippers. West, well, yeah, or the Thunder, they would have so much success in the regular season, they would never see that. I mean, same you see success Durant, you see Westbrook, you saw Ibaka, you saw Perkins, you saw Harden, who was in twenty twelve sixth player of the year. It's like, how do you not get there? But they ran into. A team that was just a little better. Yeah. And it's this is exactly the situation we're seeing with Vegas right now. They ran into a team that is a little better than them and and is going to expose any sort of weaknesses, any sort of mistakes they have. So obviously Colorado is Colorado, I would say I was expecting a seven game series. I was expecting this to be the most even series. I could see Colorado honestly winning the next two games and winning in five. I say, all right, so who do you think is – who's your cup matchup out of the remaining 18? Oh, so I didn't tell you my who do you, my who, impact on Winni- with Winnipeg and Montreal yet. I mean, yeah, I know Winnipeg you're picking Montreal. Montreal. You, honestly, I, I would say Winnipeg. Montreal. I don't see Winnipeg coming back. I, I, I just I, don't see it. It just seems like after what Winnipeg did, I agree with you. It's it's a an uphill battle. They they have to pretty much win the next four straight. Hellebuck has to play like um, the goalie he was paid to. Hellebuck isn't playing that. I mean, again, I like to just give the caveat every time I say this with that division. He played well, but is it because of the weakness of the division? I would say it's a little bit of both. I'm not saying they're going to win against the winner of Colorado and Vegas. Yeah, I mean... So if I had to say right now, looking at all of this... I'll be honest, under normal circumstances, Winnipeg doesn't make the playoffs in the the, uh, West. Oh, no, no, no. I, I agree with that. I feel like... The Neither only, does Edmonton. The only I, I was gonna say Toronto would be the only Canadian team that I would actually see. Montreal, in the normal. I th- Montreal, I think could see flying under the radar as an eight seed. And there are a lot it. of teams that, if the divisions were normal, normal, you would have seen a much different playoff yeah. bracket. But so with that being said, I'm gonna say Islanders play Tampa. Colorado plays. I'm gonna. I'm an, I know I'm going to regret this pick because I feel like everything else is saying Montreal's going to win. I just see Montreal as they might collapse. I, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's like a feeling I just have. I mean, after what happened in that first round, anything could happen. I, I, I'm going to go out on a limb, and I think three out of the four picks we agree on. Yeah. The only one we're differing on is Winnipeg and Montreal. So... Who do you have in the conference finals? How many games and what do you think? Uh, I'm taking Tampa. You're taking Tampa over Islanders. Islanders in six. Uh, I'm saying Colorado over Montreal in four. Okay. I. Um, okay. So let me let me just ask you this. You're saying Tampa over Islanders in six. Yeah. Okay. 
It's just, I think Tampa... I'm going to be... This is going to be a weird analogy, but I, I say Tampa is a better version of the Islanders. They, they're built a lot of the same way. It's just Tampa has the better talent. Yeah, like it, it, Tampa, it seems like the, the structure is very similar. If you wanted to take the Islanders and upgrade their teams in all the different areas, you'd pretty much have the Tampa Bay Lightning. I would say the Islanders' defense is probably the biggest I, The biggest um, disparity. Yeah. Is probably the defense because... You look at you look at the lightning. You look at what they have on the offense. I would say that the Islanders can match them in firepower. Again, the 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 lightning is slightly better in that sense. When I look at the defense, though, I just don't see how their defense is, matches up. It, it doesn't match up with. And then, it's, uh, but it's not like defense plays defense. But I'm sure we can both agree. Colorado is going to destroy whoever comes out of the Canadian Well, let's division. get to that real quick. I'm going to... You, so you're saying Islanders and Tampa in six. Uh, Tampa wins in six? Yep. And then I'm Colorado is a sweep. I'm going to go the distance. I, I say go seven. I say Tampa wins. Oh, I, I thought oh, you were Tampa's saying... Tampa's going to win. I thought you were saying Colorado beats Winnipeg in seven. I'm like, no, are no, you no, serious? No, no. no, we're talking about the East still. Or... Yeah, the what East. Should be We're going to say the East. I'm going to say Tampa and Islanders go seven. And I mean, Lightning be, wins in seven. I wouldn't be surprised if it does. I, I, I could see it. it. I could see it. I wouldn't be surprised. I could see Islanders win. I could see them somehow splitting a game in Tampa. Displaying the, the first two in Tampa. So, what do you say to Colorado? So... In the in the conference finals, quote unquote, the semifinal right before the cup. You're talking third round. Yeah. So I'm gonna say Colorado again. I'm still gonna go Winnipeg. I'm gonna I'm gonna regret this because I know they're gonna lose. But there's something in me that wants to pick Winnipeg to win. You want to, but is that like your gut feeling? I'm gonna listen. This wouldn't be called the JV squad if we didn't if if we didn't make ill advised picks. Yeah, I I mean I can really put that analogy. We should just call ourselves the Toronto Maple Leaf squad. Yeah, but I I see whoever comes out of that that Canadian series, I'm gonna say they steal a game. I'm not gonna say it's a sweep. As much as I'd like to, I feel like the the knee jerk reaction is it's gonna be a sweep. Yes. I'm going to go a little more conservative. Colorado is going to have one bad game against either team. They're going to win, but it's going to be in five, not in four. I say it's going to be four because, to me, there's just such a huge... The only way they would beat a team out of that Canadian division not in four is if it was Toronto. But then again, Toronto would Toronto. So, like, they would, like... Act like, the, you know, the Maple Leafs that we all know and love. Love to make fun of, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. Some people in Canada love to hate. Yeah, but I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with, with Colorado and five, which leads us to, the Stanley Cup final. I say Colorado over Tampa. In seven, I feel like there's the hockey gods are just gonna wouldn't that be great games. wouldn't that be great all that great hockey and seven yes. like to force a game seven and... oh yeah 
I feel like that's what's going to happen. I feel like, you know what? Um, see, I don't feel like it's going to be like uh, the Devil's Duck series in 2003. Where no. Every home team won. Like, the home team won every game. I feel like it's going to be back and forth. I feel like it's going to be a 2-2, but it's not going to be the home team winning both. I feel like each no, team no, is going to split. Yeah, yeah. I feel like yeah, that's how I feel it's going to be. It's going to be uh, Colorado wins one, Tampa. Colorado, Tampa. Colorado, Tampa, and then Colorado. And I feel like as far as who I'm expecting, if I had to go out on a limb and say who's going to be almost like the X factor for Colorado, you, we've talked a lot about McKinnon. We've talked about Landeskog. But we are forgetting Rentnin is not a bad player. No, Miko Rentnin. And I'm not saying like we, we were like, oh, overlooking him. But I feel like he's the one that's flying under the radar. He's... He gets the assists he's been facilitating Which the puck is perfect. To, and that's why I feel like he's going to be the one to win this series. If for you the could Avalanche. perform and go under the radar like that, that tells you how stacked your team is. Absolutely. Like, the fact that Rantanen is just... he we, We're not even... We, we barely even so discussed him. We're both going with Colorado over Tampa. Yes. In I, seven. I would love it. But you think six? I think it's going to be six. And I feel like six is when you talk about playoffs in general, when you're talking about a series, a seven-game series, six is always the, it's almost like the coward's way out, but it's almost like. See, for me, six is like. A lot of the time you're like, like, oh, it's going to, they're going to steal a game here or there. For me, six is like when you expect a team to compete, but not like. Like, you expect a team to compete but not win. Yeah. Like, seven, when it, if I predict the series to go seven, I predict, like, it's going to be a, a drag-out war. Yeah. A, like, a bar fight. A team, like, if I predict the series to go five, it should be, like, to me, that's a series that should have been a sweep, but got they lucky. Get, there's one night. That yeah, there's just one night. It, it wasn't there. And then a sweep is, like, something like Colorado and the Canadian division yeah. to me. It's like, it's a mismatch. Yeah. And, Complete mismatch. and with that, I just feel like Colorado, I want to say seven, but I feel like it's going to be six. I say Colorado over. It's going to be 2-2 going into that game five. Oh, to me, yeah, I, I feel that as well. And then I would feel like it would go six if it's the Islanders, but I'm not picking the Islanders. I'm yeah. picking Tampa. All right, so before we end here, one thing I want to talk about, um, I want to talk about the draft lottery. Yes. The reason I want to talk about the draft lottery for a little bit is because this is probably was it was this past Tuesday. Yep. The second. It was probably the most. I wouldn't say boring, but uneventful draft lottery in recent history, because since. 2011, the NHL had more of a um, an NBA-style draft lottery yeah. where they would pick. So before or, or, or before 2012, the NHL would have a draft lottery system where it was extremely uneventful. and it would You kind of knew what you were going to get. You kind of knew, but the thing was there would be one team that could move up. Like yeah. it, if you want a team, like if you were uh, – uh, in the draft lottery, and your team won the uh, the draft lottery, you're not like guaranteed the first overall pick. 
specifically the Devils. The Devils technically won the draft lottery in 2011, but they went from 7-4. to four. No. So after that, you started seeing, you know, NBA style where they would just draw the top three. And then it, it became a system where it started to feel like the top three teams would be teams... Like, it felt like every year there would be, in those top three teams, there would be a team that uh, would finish, like, from that 11-15 to 15 bracket. Then there would be a, uh, another team from that 6-10 to 10 bracket. Or at least two teams from that 6-10 to 10 bracket. Yeah. And it felt like if in that those years where they would pick the top three, it felt like if you had the top odds, you were almost guaranteed to pick four. Some years they might pick three, but you were guaranteed to pick four. Like Edmonton had those years where they would pick three out of four. No. First overalls, although technically I would say it's more two out of four because of uh, the holy bust probably the worst number one overall draft pick in any in all history in Nail Yakubov. He was. He Maybe played in hockey, I wouldn't say in Okay, yeah, in that, all that, sports. That's, I, I, that's a, I wasn't that's a clear thin enough limb to go out on. I didn't say I didn't mean all sports, but uh just to clarify, I <laughs> meant hockey. There's there's always Ryan Leaf and Jamarcus Russell in the NFL, but that's that's for another podcast. Jamarcus Russell played more games. Yeah, but he also ate more food. And yeah, he did. D- he did less. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but anyway. But the, uh, the point being, um, Edmonton had those years, and then in recent history, you had two out of three years with the Devils winning the draft lottery. You just love plugging the Devils. No, oh, I do. <laughs> um, but the point is, like, it would feel like the draft lottery wasn't designed or wasn't doing its job of having – you know those bottom three teams. Like there were year when the there were years where the Devils would finish fourth or fifth, but end up pitch, uh, picking like sixth or seventh. Yeah. And like there'd be year like Buffalo had it happen to them a lot. Detroit had it had it happen to them where they would finish with the best odds, but end up picking fourth. And it just seemed like I I think th- there's this narrative almost that it's like. Any team that Taylor Hall either is on or gets traded from gets the first That's, overall pick. Yeah. Which, it's funny how that actually worked out it did. for Buffalo. For it, it actually Devils. did. Cause he, uh, and for Edmonton, actually. Uh, it worked out for Edmonton, but it really like became a thing with New Jersey. Yeah. But um, the thing was, so they went back and changed it. Um, I think this, for specifically for this year, they only did the top two. But next year, you could only move up like 10 spots. Which means, like, if you finish 11th, uh, I think the most you can move up is 2 is 2. I'm actually curious how, because the Kraken got the highest pick ever by an expansion team. Um, The Kraken, at least in the NHL. Yeah. I know. In the NHL, uh, I mean. The NFL, uh, they just give the top pick. I think they go. Yeah, because I know... um, when Houston came back. Yeah, they got the They got the top one, pick. And that's when they destroyed David Carr's career. Yeah. But that's... Um, but the point being, like, the Kraken... They have the pick of the litter aside always, from... They always... Well, they always had... Um, like, 
the expansion team, like even Vegas, had the number three pick odds. Yeah. But they had the fall to, I think, six or seven because that was the year the devil was here. Yeah. Who got the number one pick. But, um, but yeah, so this year was like the most uneventful because they were only picking the top two. And the first time I could remember, the only switch there was was between um, Anaheim and Seattle. Yeah. Anaheim moved down to three. They got three. And then... Seattle moved up to two. Like, that... Like, and then it, the dumpster insane. fire that is the Buffalo Sabres got the number They're one gonna pick. They're going to get the number one pick, probably take Owen Powers. Yeah, which means, realistically, the Kraken aren't in a bad position because they pretty much get the it pick of anyone depends, else they want. It depends if they have the same thing that happened to Vegas and where they're able to mit- manipulate a lot of the cash-ridden teams to acquire first-round picks, acquire future picks, mm-hmm. and acquire some pretty good talent in order to take certain people in the draft. Yeah. Like, that's one of the things with Marshall. The Florida Panthers traded, I think it was like a first-round pick and a couple of future picks, plus Marshall to take, in order for Vegas to take a certain, uh, to not, either to take somebody or to not take somebody. And they were able to f- basic pretty much fleece Florida. And, like, that's what Vegas did throughout the league, almost. Listen, more power to them. Yeah, and so if Seattle can... I don't know how well teams have learned from... Well, there are just some teams that aren't going to be able to avoid... Like, Tampa, Tampa's probably going to get half their trades already. Like, one thing I was always wishing for is Toronto needs to probably blow it up. Or at least make some kind of a... Big change. I mean, I thought Marner was going to be out this season, but the G- what they're saying, what's coming out of Toronto, is that they're keeping him. It's either Marner or, or Nylander yeah. that's going to be out. And as much as they could say, oh, we're going to keep Marner, it might not be the case. Because there's only, to me, on if I look at that Toronto squad, there's only two players that are 100% untouchable. That's Austin Matthews and John Tavares. Yeah. That's it. So, if I'm a team, like, specifically, I know I keep bringing them up, but New Jersey, they have the most cap. They have a decent stockpile of picks. You trade the first round that you got from the Islanders this year, plus maybe a second. I think they have, like, another second round or a third round this year or next year from Edmonton. It was a conditional pick. I forgot who the trade was for. It might have been Kulikov. But um, the point being, or might no, I think it might have been the Sammy Vaughn, the second Sammy Vaughn deal. Um, the point being, you uh, ship a couple of those picks out, maybe give up pro, uh, like a future player, like um, maybe a Nathan Baptiste or a um, Mike McLeod. I, I saw his name brought up. You trade somebody that maybe even to push the envelope a little bit, maybe even uh, Damon Severson. Quote-unquote, sweeten the pot with Damon Severson. I mean... Yeah, I mean, it's a player, you know. Yeah, it's, it's a deaf... It's, 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 deaf. A, it's a deaf uh, defense. Yeah, you're not... Damon Severson's not he's the not, player that's going to put you over the top. No. It's not going to... Yeah. But he's not, like... It's not, like... He doesn't have any value. Yeah. 
It, it'll be very interesting to see how teams the point, protect their players for the, the expansion draft. Yeah, and it, it's not just the expansion draft. It's also um, how teams are going to uh, look at... Um, like how the, how the teams with cap space are going to look at the teams that have no cap space because Tampa's probably going to... If Tampa doesn't win the Cup, they're going to have to make a major move. Like yeah. a major move. I mean, because I think even are, if they win the Cup, I feel like they're, they're going to have to do something. They're still going to have to do something, yeah. yeah. But because with that being said... The, yeah, um, I was going to finish that thought. Oh, yeah, go, no, no, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> Sorry. No, I, I was literally just going to finish that sentence. Okay. Well, with that being said, that is the end of this podcast. Um, Comment. I don't know how exactly we're going to set this up, but. Hit us up on our socials at JV Squad Pod, either on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, whatever socials we decide to have. Hit us up. Tell us if you may agree with some of our thoughts. Maybe if you disagree with some of our thoughts. Maybe yell at us. For what are you thinking about, you stupid uh, people on the internet? I don't know. That's New Jersey. It's, it's just New how Jer- we are. We.